0: We turn to the scripture this morning. All right. God, I just thank you that you saved us because you love us. Lord, I thank you that your love is faithful. Your love is powerful. And as we turn to the scripture today, we ask for your help. Help us to understand what we're reading. Help us to respond to what we're reading with faith and with obedience. I thank you, God, that you're with us, that even in the midst of circumstances that are beyond our control, you're with us. And you have guidance for us. I thank you for that, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, welcome to City Harbor Church, a safe place to find and follow Jesus. I want to look at some thoughts from Ephesians 6 this morning, starting with what you see on the screen in verse 10. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Now, So important that we don't take this out of context. Last week, we looked at Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Are you catching a theme? We can draw strength from our relationship with God. And this is helpful in a time of uncertainty, in a time of maybe an unusual challenge, uh, in whatever way that it's affecting you right here and now. Now, the person who's writing this, inspired by God, and the people who are reading this the first time, this is all within the context of a life-changing relationship that they have with Jesus. Now, initially, we are talking about some of the folks here had seen Jesus with their own eyes, heard Jesus with their own ears, but all of them had found salvation, had found real life change in Jesus. And so that's what we looked at. Last week, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And what we see here, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Now that even just the grammar of that, this kind of instruction might be uncomfortable for you. It might kind of like, whoa, you know, who are you and, and, and what's going on there? But. What's important for us to know is that the person who's writing this and the the people that he is writing it to, they have a personal relationship. They know each other. They spent time together. And this is lifted from a section of the letter. And the letter, um, uh, which is Ephesians in your Bible, talks about what it means to be a follower of Christ what it means to be a child of God, what it means to have received the gift of salvation, this new spiritual life, what it means to be in that state of being. And unlike some of the other letters that you see in the New Testament, this one is not written to address a specific problem or situation. And this one is written with plural grammar. It is to all believers, and it was handwritten, and it was copied and circulated in the region as kind of a, hey, this is helpful guidance for everyone. So whoever wants to read this as a a follower of Jesus, your life has been changed by Jesus through Jesus. This is what is possible. So be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. It's not, hey, get it together. No, it's not that kind of a statement. It's be strong in the Lord. And let's, take, let's just rephrase a little bit what is, what is really being talked about here. The strong, be strong, is be able to do something with the help of God that you would not be able to do otherwise what you see on the screen. So think about that. Be able to do something with the help of God that you would not be able to do otherwise. Now, the same context here as the passage that we looked at last week. This is Paul writing this in the context of being in prison. He's been imprisoned and he is so he's stuck in circumstances that are beyond his control. Now, in this case, he's writing to the believers in Ephesus. F, the city of Ephesus, I think the context of that is important. It's a city that had been leveled many times by war and earthquakes. On the screen, let's look at a map of where Ephesus is as it relates to the other cities uh, that you read about in the New Testament, in the book of Acts and other parts of the New Testament, what you see is Jerusalem, the Antioch church, which was very important, Ephesus, Philippi that we talked about last week, Athens, Corinth, and Rome. So you can kind of see where it's situated. It was a port city and, and, um, very valuable in the region. Now today, what you see on the screen is that it is in Turkey. It's out on the coast, um, looking out towards Greece, uh, settled in Turkey. And you see the bordering nations of Bulgaria um, on the top left corner, but you also see Syria, Iraq, uh, Armenia, and Georgia, and Iran that border it. Now, this was a city that at the time of this letter had people from all over, all different cultures, all different ethnicities. They had actually experienced racial violence. They, they had, um, as I said before, the city had been leveled multiple times through earthquakes and through wars. They had been conquered by the Greeks, then they had been conquered by the Romans. But it was also a, a city of great culture. Um, And here's a picture of the library, the front of the library from Ephesus and what it looks like to this day. Now, they were also a city of a wide variety of religions. And it was a city that was looked at that people would travel to because of its religious significance. And what you see here is a picture of the temple to the uh, Greek fertility goddess Artemis, who the Romans called Diana. Diana was imagined to be the daughter of Zeus and Leto, the twin sister of Apollo, and revered as the goddess of the hunt, um, a a goddess of of women, of childbirth, of motherhood. Um, And this temple is one of the seven ancient wonders of the world. It's a 10,000 square foot temple that had 127 marble pillars that you see in the picture here, um, each 60 feet high, holding up the roof. There was a historian who was alive and around to see this who walked through the temple, wrote about the experience comparing the temple to the other seven wonders of the ancient world. He wrote this. When I saw the temple at Ephesus rising to the clouds, all these other wonders were put in the shade. So this was a city where... Spirituality was embraced, was important, was a value of identity. What we also see here is um, a modern day view of the ancient theater, an amphitheater that they had that had 25,000 seats. It was the largest in the area and it was used because they loved sport including gladiator um, battles um, for entertainment and animal fights. Um, but also, uh, this is a place where there would be open discussions of debate for, as a spectator sport, um, discussions about religion, discussion about politics, discussion about philosophy. So the people that are receiving this letter, they think deeply about life. They are aware of it. They value spirituality. Excuse me. They also value the um what their faith and what spirituality, what the implications were, what were the real world implications of it, so they had the the Greek culture and language that they were still using, and now they had they were being ruled by Romans and Roman soldiers and so Paul writes this uh, to them, and here 's a picture of what the city looks like today as a modern port city. Beautiful. And again, uh, looking out from Turkey um, towards Greece. So let's have a look at this, the context of this whole passage, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18, so we can have an understanding of what is being said here. And here's what it says. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor, so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, put on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. We say amen to God's word and and thank God for it, but we need help in understanding it and applying it to our lives today, right? Um, Now, first of all, I want to go back to that opening phrase that we see there, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. Now, In the context of being a Jesus follower, someone who has received salvation, someone has received this new gift and new life, I no longer have to carry my guilt, but here I am now with a new relationship with God. I need guidance and I need help. And that's exactly what we're getting from this passage. The reality is, and like it or not, believe it or not, that life is spiritual. God is alive aware, able, and active. God is our creator, our provider, our protector, our redeemer. And as Jesus followers, we've received new spiritual life, identity, and purpose. And yet, until Jesus returns, we are living in a time and place where we have an enemy. And life is not easy, and our world is broken, and because of sin, and and bad decisions that people make, and and That Listen, God did not cause this virus to come upon us. He has allowed things to happen uh, that are beyond our control, and he can bring a redemptive value out of it. But a part of the widespread um, nature of this virus is also because of decisions people made. God gave us a free will, and there are some people that could have stewarded things differently, um, certain things in the way of guidance, of good, safe health practices, and that could have had an effect on this that could have been different. So it's important for us to understand that life is spiritual, but not everything that you face is a demon, right? There's some things that happen in our life that's just a result of a decision we made, or maybe the result of a decision that somebody else made. And yet there is also a spiritual component to it. And what we're given here is some guidance about how to be stronger, from our relationship with God? How can I become stronger in my spiritual life from my relationship with Jesus? And what we get here in this letter is an action word with very specific grammar, the way that it's said, that said, hey, this is your part. This is what you're supposed to do. And what you see on the screen here, put on, gear up. It's an action word where we daily make a choice to lift up and carry these things. So this put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Put on all of God's armor is saying, hey, believers of Jesus, put this on. Gear up with this. It's an opportunity for us to make a daily choice to lift these things up and to carry these things. I think sometimes we get tired because we're carrying things that God didn't ask us to carry. God invites us to bring our cares to him because he cares for us. Maybe it's time to let go of some things, but then look at what is it that God wants you to pick up? What is it that God wants you to carry? And that's what we're being told here. So today I want to just title this message, Gear Up. And I'm talking about your spiritual life, both your private, personal spiritual life, but also your spiritual life with whoever you're having contact with, whatever you're doing today, and whatever you're doing this week, it's time for us to gear up. And, and so I, I liken it to, you know, this weekend is the NFL draft, which is a personal favorite of mine. I really enjoyed that. I thought the Ravens had a great draft. And when I think about this protective clothing idea, I think about football, and that's where I kind of get this idea of gear up now when we look at that at protective clothing what we're talking about this armor what we're talking about is a protection that gives you an ability to do something you would not be able to do otherwise and remember we're, we're asked in this passage to stand where god has placed us resisting our enemy being faithful to jesus And I don't know about you, um, you know, for me, um, soccer was the sport that I played the most, and having a good uh, shin guard gave you an ability to do certain things in soccer that might hurt a little bit more otherwise. Um, You know, and it's the same with football, and it's the same with uh, body armor, and a lot of people are playing video games with body armor. When you, you have protective clothing, it gives you the ability to defend, and it gives you the ability to go to offense, but it gives you the ability to stand your ground and take a hit, resist things coming at you that if you didn't have that protection, you wouldn't be able to do otherwise. Now, it's interesting that Paul, who is being held prisoner, who is by the Romans, who's seeing Roman soldiers on a regular basis, writes this letter about armor. And I want to just take a second to talk about that a little bit because it's interesting because he actually writes it in the order that a soldier uh, would be getting dressed in. And we're going to see that. So here you see a couple of pictures of Roman armor from that day of maybe an average soldier, maybe, um, but one who would be responsible for standing his ground, being where he has been told to be, but also one where the armor and the things that are mentioned here, the sword and the shield, are used both for defense and offense. Um, and so that's what that's what the armor looks like a little bit. So let's just talk about these a little bit and what it means to take it on, to put it on. One of the first things that we see here is a truth belt. The truth. The objective, the... This is definitely what is true. The This is what is true about God. This is, because of that, what is true about me. God is a creator. God is a redeemer. God is alive. And so I am a child of God, created by God, one who God has thoughts about, one who I can relate to God. I have responsibilities in my relationship with God. The truth of who God is, the truth of who I am as a result of it. An essential part of our daily life is the truth. And what I have seen in my own life and in the lives of others is when there is pain that is unresolved, it affects our ability to perceive our reality truthfully. And so sometimes we need to ask God for healing, healing in our thoughts, healing in the way we perceive things, healing in our understanding of ourselves and the world around us. And so I, I just want to suggest to you That every day it's good to ask for God's help to say, hey, I'm going to put these things down. I'm going to let go of these things. Wrong decisions, wrong attitudes, wrong thoughts. And I'm going to take up, I'm going to put on as essential. And this belt word is actually more like your, your pants. It's girding up yourself. This would be don't go anywhere without the truth. That's the basic idea here. I'm going to take it up. I'm going to put it on. It's interesting to me. There's a number of times in scripture where Jesus was heard talking about mercy and truth, the spirit and the word as being essentially linked, unique, but essentially linked and important for our lives. And what I find is when somebody is interacting with Jesus, the truth is present. So I, it's and here's what's interesting. In this picture that we're getting from Paul, it's essential and it's protective. It's protective in its nature. You would not want to go into the fight without your britches on. You wouldn't want to do that. You want to be protected. And we as believers need to look at the truth, the truth about who God is, and as a result, who I am, the truth I want to have that as an essential part that I'm taking in. Now, part of that happens through reading the Bible. And we talked a little bit about that already, so I'm not going to continue there. But the belt of truth is an essential part of this. Now, what we also see is put on, gear up, take on daily, in a spiritual sense, the body armor of God's righteousness. Now, remember, this righteousness word means... I'm guilt-free, I'm clean, I'm pure. I'm in right standing in my relationship with God and my relationship with other people. So I'm in right standing with God and with other people. I'm clean. Now that only happens, it only happens in our relationship with Jesus because of what Jesus has done. And the context in this letter of Ephesians, we already have a passage. It is not because of anything good you have done that you've been given that. It is by grace. It's a free gift from God we receive by faith. And I love the fact that God's word to us here is every day, take up Put on yourself the righteousness that comes from God. It's a body armor. It's protecting your vital organs. It's protecting your heart. It's protecting your lungs. It's protecting the most important part of you. What what protects that? What makes it possible for you to stand your ground in a spiritual sense in this world? It's the righteousness that comes from God. So every day I should be praying through that. I should be asking God for help with that. I should be saying, God, please help me take on, put on your righteousness. This is the wonderful thing about Christianity. It's not, hey, do better, be better. No, it's take on the help that God has already provided, the help that God has already given you. Now, I'm going to stop with the next one here today. And next week, we're going to look at the last three What we also see here is put on the peace shoes of the good news. And protecting your feet is very important. Anyone who's been in the military has heard this over and over and over. You've got to protect your feet. It's amazing how if you actually read history about military conquests, that foot health of soldiers made a difference in battle. Protecting your feet was very important, and not just from an arrow or an attack from somebody else, but just being healthy, being solid, being sure-footed. And the reality is, is that every day I should be thinking about what is the good news of Jesus. We've talked about it every week for the last four weeks. There is forgiveness of sins available to everyone who receives Jesus. So the good news of Jesus is what gives me a sure footing, a good foundation. It, sh- it should be something I take with me everywhere I go. Any room I go into, wherever I walk in the neighborhood, I'm walking in. And we also see a preparedness word there in some translations. It's being prepared to explain that I have sure footing in life because of the good news of Jesus. I can stand firm on predictable ground, able to move, able to defend myself, able to go on the offensive spiritually in those things. That stability comes from a peace. And this is the Greek erene word, but it is correlated to the shalom. It's the transcendent, transformational peace of God that comes from the good news of Jesus, what that means in your life and where you take it everywhere else. And so think about that. Everywhere that you go, everything that you do, every day we should be taking on This armor, this protective clothing, it's an ability to go places, do things. It's an ability to be, to be in a state of being spiritually stronger. That's an ability that comes from God. But what we see here so clearly in the words that were written and how they were written, is that it's an imperative, it's a directive to each of us that we make a decision, a constant decision, an active decision. We make a decision to pick these things up and to carry them. And I love the fact that Jesus said, My yoke is easy, my burden is light. It's not to be wearisome, it's to be helpful. And if you think about it, each of them gives us a constant reminder That it is God who does the heavy lifting. That it is God who gives us an ability that we wouldn't have in and of ourselves. This help, this life comes from God. It's transformational. It's life changing. It's how we can say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It's how we can say, I can be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power by taking up this protective clothing in a spiritual sense every day. So I want to invite you to do that spiritually. Take it up. Put it on. Talk to somebody else. Reach out today to somebody else in the church and talk to them about it. Think about it. Reflect on it. Put it to use. Let's close in prayer. God, I thank you so very much for your word, which is life-giving and gives us guidance guidance that we need in going about this life. Lord, we're facing challenges right now, circumstances just like Paul and the Ephesians that are beyond our control. We need your help. And God, we need your peace. And God, we need your guidance. So thank you that you have already spoken to us your word. Help us to respond to it with faith and with obedience. God, we love you today in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Hey, I want to encourage you to use all the social um, outlets that you have available uh, to you. Remember, Pastor Rebecca and I are available to schedule, drive up, Prayer, if you would like to receive prayer, we can keep you know a safe social distance, but still pray for you face to face. I want to remind you that we're also available by phone or text or the Marco Polo um, app uh, in any way that we can. We want to be the best possible help to you. Um, reach out to somebody today, greet them, tell them what you uh, appreciate about them, and remember uh, if you would like to um, do that, it is going to be well received because you are loved. Thank you, City Harbor Church, for being here. Grace and peace to you. Have a great week.